asking the right questions will unlock your best life. They are the keys to enjoying more clarity, passion, balance, and confidence. Hi, I'm Todd Parker. And I'm Bridget Sampson. We're certified executive and life coaches, communication professors, trainers, consultants, and most importantly, parents. We're also dear friends who love diving into those deep conversations about life, relationships, family, and careers. All things about being a curious and compassionate human on this planet. So please join us, and we know you'll find something valuable that resonates with wherever you are on your journey. Welcome back to the Right Questions Podcast, Episode 8. I'm Todd Parker. This is a special day. It's a unique day. It's a different day for us here on the podcast. I am flying solo today. I do not have my partner with me, Bridget Sampson, who is uh, who I always at this time say, Bridget, how you doing? Right? She's not here today. I'm doing it alone, and we're doing an interview. As we said, we were going to be doing interviews with thought leaders and experts in their various fields to try to bring great value to all of you and enhance your lives as we try to do each time on the podcast here. So today, very honored to have with me our special guest and our first, our very first official guest here on the Right Questions podcast, Jana Parker. Welcome, Jana. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be your first guest on the podcast. And, you know, yes, she does have the same last name as me. And yes, she is my older sister. I'll just say sister, but she is my older sister. (laughs) It's okay. You can say that. (laughs) There's some good things that come along with being the older sister. Like what? What comes, what is one of the advantages of being the oldest? I'm the boss. That's what you think. (laughs) (laughs) You will always love me. You'll always look up to me. Well, you look up to me because I'm actually much taller than you. But in terms of, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Right on. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here to share your expertise and your knowledge with all of us. So just to introduce Jana a little bit more before she explains to you in more detail what it is she does. And we explore a question that hopefully is of great value today. She is a licensed educational psychologist, a board certified school neuropsychologist also certified ADHD professional. She is a public school administrator where she also runs her own private practice up in the Silicon Valley, providing assessment and coaching services to children, students, I should say, and parents alike. Now, that's a lot of a lot of hats, a lot of titles. I'll also say she's a, a spin instructor at times. I'll just add some things that she didn't even know I was going to say. She loves to teach spin. She enjoys the beach. And no, I'm just kidding, Jenna. She's <laughs> very well-rounded in so much of her life. She's a very accomplished person is what I'm trying to say. And she shows up in service to people in all facets of her life. So, Jenna, if you could, could you explain a little bit more about what it is you do and maybe some of the challenges that you face in what you do? What do you do? Let's start there. Sure. Yeah. So uh, on the one hand, I am a 
public school servant. (laughs) So I have been serving public education for, I think, about 15 years now. I was a school psychologist for most of my run in public education, and now I'm what they call a program specialist. And so I manage some special education programs for three school districts in the Silicon Valley, and I focus primarily on transition, and that being transition from middle school to high school, transition from high school into adulthood. So I, my team and I work with kids who have different kinds of disabilities and we help them build skills that will help them prepare for adulthood and whatever it is they want to do in career, education, self-awareness, things like that. So it strikes me and I want to, for the listener, I really wanted you to understand why we're having Jan on the show today. These are her expertise and each of us, many of us, executives, uh, staff alike, right? We are at home. Many of us are at home right now, just like Jana, just like myself. We have children or family that are home. We have roommates, perhaps, that are home. So we're navigating a new environment in a new situation, working from home, distance learning from home, perhaps having to wear, like myself, right? And this is the spirit of having you on, having to wear lots of hats, I have to be like a guidance counselor. I have to be a math tutor, which I'm not the best at. I'm better at the English part of it, like the science part. But I also have to be like the physical education instructor and get her to to exercise. I have to be a chef and cook lunch and dinner. There's so many things in addition to doing my job in a place that I'm not used to doing it. So we're bringing you on here because, one, we're all in a new situation. And two, school is still happening. Work is still happening. And everybody, many of the clients that I coach are struggling to balance and juggle this. Right. Enter you who deals with families, students, parents, and they need some support, right? Mm -hmm. I I imagine you're dealing with this as well. So if, if you could please speak to specifically like, things that you're seeing in your field and experiencing your field that some of our listeners might be experiencing as well. Sure. And so I'm experiencing the same things that everyone is experiencing every day, having a family at home and trying to do work from home. I also am working for public education. So I see, and and I work elementary through post-secondary, which means after high school. So everywhere from middle school up through adulthood, I'm seeing what's happening with distance learning day in and day out. I'm dealing with families and working with families in the public education system on everything distance learning right now. Yeah. Also, I have a private practice. And in my private practice, I am doing assessments of kids who may have had learning or attention or mental health problems prior to distance learning and those where things are starting to become more pronounced in distance learning. So there are a lot of things that are going on with kids that parents didn't even really know were going on or now that they are in distance learning, they're exacerbated. And so I work, I do these evaluations of students to try to figure out what are the problem areas and then how do we intervene and support students moving forward. And then I work with families in addressing that. So when you ask what is kind of the most common problem I see, it's that it's parents just don't know what to do and why should they, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, why should they? It's like if you, you know, 
get a medical diagnosis of some kind for like diabetes or something. It's like, you're not sure what you're supposed to do with that, right? So no one knows what they're supposed to do with distance learning. No one knows what they're supposed to do if you find out that your child has some kind of disability or something that's impacting their access to their education. But the only way that things are going to be any different or the only way that you're going to be able to help is by the parents taking some action and making some change Ah. in support of their kid. So I do. So lastly, I'll just kind of wrap up what I do by saying I work with families post-assessment to try to help them move along like a coach. I also work with families who just have questions about what the heck to do, no matter if they have a plan or not no matter you know where they are in the process with a school, just trying to figure things out, empowering them with knowledge and a, a base and a foundation so that they can problem solve with their educators and it, ultimately to support their learners. So even for a parent or an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent, right, or the, say, the boss or the manager, the leader of, of a staff member who has a family at home, right? Each of us, we could ask ourselves a number of questions, right, to prompt ourselves. And this is what this show is all about, asking the right questions, to try to prompt ourselves towards our, our desired outcome, right? So the question to segue into really the, the content today is, and Jana really came up with this question. I didn't generate this question. I said, Jana, what, what do you want the question to be today? And she said, well, I think what would be most valuable for your listeners is for them to ask themselves Go ahead, Jana. What's the question? What kind of parent do I want to be? Right. What kind of parent do I want to be? And I'll only amend that to say, what kind of leader do I want to be? What kind of aunt, uncle, employee, staff member, boss, friend, colleague, partner, even student, right? What? Right. But for this purpose, what kind of parent do I want to be? And specifically, with all of this going on at the pandemic and, and distance learning and working from home, what kind of parent do I want to be in this situation right now and show up in a variety of ways? So in the spirit of answering this question, Jana, where's the value in this? Like, break it down for me, expand on this. Why is this the question that we're exploring? So I started thinking about this even before you asked me to be on the show. And it's because I was listening to Atomic Habits by James Clear. And thinking about how I could take his theory and guidance and make it useful in my practice with myself and also with the people that I work with. And one of the key components that he talks about is, you know, when you start out in New Year's, right? Like we're at the beginning of the year, we're in middle of January, as you're starting at the beginning of the year and you're thinking to yourself, okay, it's my time for New Year's resolutions or starting something new or building a new habit, many people start with the goal. What's the goal that I want to achieve? And then you can focus on the goal, but you don't know how to get there, right? So then you have to focus on this process to get to the goal. But where it really starts and where the most change and the most habits really form is when you create an identity where you are embodying the kind of person who does that certain kind of activity to meet that certain goal. 
So it really starts with you. So I thought, you know, how can I relate this to the families that I work with and what kind of guidance can I provide? And it's to really sit with what kind of parent do I want to be in terms of how do I want to show up for myself and show up for my children? Do I want to be the kind of parent who is patient? Do I want to be the kind of parent who is consistent? Yes. Yes. I want to be patient. I want to be consistent. Yes. I want to be kind. Check. Right. So, I mean, those are just a couple that I can throw out. Right. And so we probably can think of a lot of instances where like, that's what we want, but that's not what we practice. I'm thinking of one right now, as you're saying it, Jen, I'm like, ah, I didn't, I I could have been better with my patients with my daughter, Isabella, the other day when she asked me to help her with her work while I was in the middle of doing my own work. I could have mm-hmm. been more patient. Now, I wasn't mean. Don't get me wrong. I was not mean, but I could have been more patient. Yeah. And right? I could have, I, I actually, sorry to interrupt you, Jenna. It's just, you made me think like I, I walked in there because she was asking me like, she said, daddy, I need help with my math homework. I said, okay, give me 10 minutes. And like 40 minutes went by and she was really patient. She was far more patient than I. She was like, <laughs> uh, daddy, you know, like kind of walk with daddy. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I totally forgot. I went on to the next thing, right? Because that's, I'm sure, listener, I'm sure you can relate to that. And so finally I get in there and like, okay, 10 more minutes. So it's been about almost an hour and I get in there and I, I should be calm, but I'm not. I'm like, okay, what do you need? What's the problem? Where is it? Show it to me. Spit it out, spit it out, right? And I caught myself. Todd, to your point, Jenna, this is not who I want to be. And I had to, I had to do a reset. So is that the kind of stuff, stuff you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And you think like, because it's so much easier to have some self-control when there are some consequences on the other end of it. And we don't Mm. have those same consequences for our kids, you know, and point. So we just fire off and <laughs> let me just say, we don't okay. get immediate consequences. We may get like the consequences come well into the future when, when, right. <laughs> when it's coming. <laughs> okay. Okay. I've got a couple points I'll make here. So let me first go back to what kind of parent do you want to be? And I don't want you to say like, well, yeah, I mean, I want to be patient. I want to be kind. I want to be compassionate, right. you know, like it's easy. It's not easy, right? We get into these patterns of behavior that are not easy to change. And we get cued and we have this automatic reaction to how that cue makes us feel. We get bothered while we're working. We get triggered. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. react um, all super, super quickly. And then we get what they want because they go away, right? So every behavior has a consequence. So whether it's good or bad, right? So If we yell or snap at them, they go away or they cry or something, but they leave. (laughs) But if we can, so I don't want to imply that this is an easy fix because it's not, but if you choose something and we'll talk about that in kind of like this action plan, like what are you going to do? What are some takeaways? You want to choose something that you want to shift a little and then do something different when you get triggered so that you react differently so that you get a different outcome. And then coming back to, you know, and you have to do this little by little, doesn't change overnight. Kind of how you were talking about in another episode, the mini habits and the book that you had read, mini habits, you have to do tiny little changes, but you kind of come back to embodying this kind of person that I want to be and making it your identity. I want to be a patient. We'll just use that. I want to be a patient parent. 
Yeah, and not even I want example? to be, but I am. You have to be like, I am a patient parent. And patient parents do this, not that. Yeah. So like, can you expand on this idea of patience and give an example of how that would play out, like say between me, myself and my child, Isabella? Your niece. Yeah. <laughs> who you know well. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. And I'll actually, just because it's on the top of my mind, I'll give you an example of what happened with my family. Oh, perfect. My own perfect. family. Okay. Wonderful. Because this is real. This is, I'm not like, you know, I know that I have a lot more patience for my stepkids and probably because I'm not as emotionally invested, right? Because they are one step removed from being my own children. And I haven't had a lifetime to get into mm. patterns of behavior with them, I have only had three years, you know? You're so, a little more objective. Right. And I also just have a little more patience. Just <laughs> saying, right? <laughs> but they don't trigger me in the same way. So I'm able to have more patience because they don't trigger me in the same way. Under those kinds of circumstances, I have also worked in education for years. So I have right. a bit more patience for children who struggle. So Mm -hmm. let's take the example of the work at home and my stepson goes in to my fiance and he very quickly, my fiance's anxiety level raises and he is very quick to react because he, you know, is very focused. And if he's bothered during his work time, it's, it provokes anxiety. It makes him yell. Okay. Very, it's relatable. I'm sure many yeah. people listening can relate to that, <laughs> or at least the feeling of wanting to yell. They may not yell, but they want to yell. Yeah. Right. And he wants to yell. I mean, and even if not like a yell, it's like a, you know, it's not a nice comment to him. Right. So what we've come up with, because we use tickets to earn screen time, because it's the only thing that seems to motivate them these days. <laughs> so we have these little raffle tickets, you know, and each little green raffle ticket is worth five minutes on their screens. So they earn them throughout the day. But one of the things we're going to try to do, and we've, we've just implemented this plan, is when kid A goes in, my fiance, because you have to make it really easy too. This can't be a hard process. You have to put it like right in front of you. He has a card that just sits on his desk. And if a kid comes in, instead of doing anything, he just hears the kid come in, he picks up the card and the card says, can I solve this problem myself? Okay. And there's a ticket attached to it, like taped on. And then it says, if yes, take the ticket and go solve the problem. Okay. So they get rewarded. And he gets rewarded because they go away and they've just solved a problem. Okay. So that's increasing their own independence. Now, if no, leave this here and you will get a ticket as soon as daddy has time on his next break to come and help. So they still get the ticket, but they say, I'm going to leave it here. I'm going to need daddy's help. Daddy knows, okay, on my next break, I'm going to go help him. And I'll try to make that soon, you know? So then everybody's reacting a little bit differently. Nobody gets anxious or upset. Everybody earns what they need, which is daddy needs some peace and quiet right now and some time to come and help you. And kid needs to have that problem solved either now, or they can have some patience themselves. Yeah. 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 We'll see how this goes. (laughs) So I'm inferring then from the story that your fiance wants to be a parent who is patient and kind Mm -hmm. and attentive. 
right? Do we want to, and same thing I would want for myself and to just show up when our kids need us. And by the way, I'll just to branch that out to show up when our staff needs us, when our employees need us, you know, when our partners need us, right? So to ask myself the question, what kind of parent do I want to be as the prompt? I want to be patient. I want to be kind. I want to be caring. What are the behaviors that a patient parent engages in? What do I need as a parent? What tool, what kind of intervention do I need as a parent? I guess in this case, it's the card with the motivator of the screen time for the kids to like, that's what I need. And so to to make a choice that promotes that, that engages that and actually applies it, I guess would be the best way of putting it. Like puts it into action. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you said you're going to see how it works. So it's one, you're one weekend. Well, we haven't had the kids this week. So, ah, there you go. There it you go. starts tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good. Well, yeah. well, I'll report back and let everybody know how it's going yeah. at some time in the future. Okay, so, well, that's an excellent example and suggestion for, I'm sure we, I can certainly think of things in my life, not only goals I have of how I want to be as a parent or otherwise, but also things I could implement like that, right? Tools, interventions that would help me get what I need because I still need to, you know, I still got to look out for myself and, you know. Of course. Take care of myself. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, right. I mean, because it doesn't have to be, you know, if you want to be the kind of parent who is patient, you don't have to choose something to change that has to do with your kids. You could just choose something that's going to make you more patient yourself, self-care, self, you know. You know, Jana, something comes to mind with this word patience now. And at work with my colleagues, I would need to be, or my team, we would hope you practice patience. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I want to be a patient leader. I want to be a patient boss. One that's respected, can cool under pressure, right? But there's consequences if I don't do that, right? There's consequences if I, if I lash out, if I yell, like I can't yell at my staff, at least I shouldn't. Right. Or it, worst case, bad things happen. Why don't I have that same level of control at home? Well, the stakes are higher immediately at work. So let's take, for example, like I am a big, because I really appreciate when people respect my time, I make sure I respect other people's time. I mean, how many meetings are we in these days where we really don't need to be in that meeting and no one dismisses us? Right. Smells like it could have been an email. <laughs> right. Exactly. We're in all these meetings and we're, we're, we definitely don't need to be at all of them unless we're leading them, of course, which is where I'm at most of the day. But so I really respect other people's time and I think about them. So if I make a phone call, which we don't do that much these days anymore, but if we do, we make a phone call without preparation. Oh my gosh. Like what if we pick up the phone and call someone and they're not prepared to take our call? We didn't text them first. <laughs> You might say, so what I do when I make a phone call and a colleague picks up their phone, I say, do you have a minute? Okay. And it's because I'm respecting their time. So if someone calls me and I'm in the middle of something and they just start gabbing and have no, I mean, they don't know what I'm sitting there doing. And you're just like, like, uh, uh, you like know. our parents, <laughs> right? Right. Be like, oh, all parents. It's all parents. Um, Not just our parents. Working? It's all parents. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if somebody calls, but you don't, right? You sit there and you're like, ah, uh, uh, 
uh, you know, but yeah, you yeah. have the self-control because if you lash out at them and say, I'm busy, go away. I'll help you later. Take care of the problem yourself. All those things that we might say to our kids. Yeah, yeah all, that's right. You could that's get right. fired. You don't want to be the person who lashes out when people call you the leader who is having a bad day and takes it out on everybody. Like you, you don't want to be that guy. And there are pretty severe consequences for it. But with your kids, like you said, you might not see it right then, right then you're going to get what you want by yelling at them because they are going to go away and you get rewarded actually for that kind of behavior oh, what a great because point. What you a great get point. what you need. Now you are going to see that though. First of all, you're not teaching them how to treat you by doing that. That's right. So That's they're right. going to keep doing the same thing because you're not teaching them how to be different. You're not giving them a, what we call an education, a replacement behavior because there mm. is a more appropriate way for them to ask for your help. Right. But it's not natural for them to do it, but they don't know that unless we teach them. Right. So that's a whole other topic, yeah, it's a- but the whole other one, but it's related. So you will see later on down the road, your kids acting to their kids, just like you acted toward them, because that's how they're learning to do that. And they're going to teach it to their kids. Right. So, I mean, maybe not exactly the same, but that's how kids learn. <laughs> So Jana, then if I'm listening to this, and I am, right, but if I'm, I'm listening at home, I'm going like, okay, I do this, right? I do this. I, I want to be better as a leader. I want to be better as a parent. I know the parent I want to be now. I've answered that question. I want to be these three things, these five things. I, I know mm-hmm. what the values are that I hold in high esteem and I'm striving towards. Right. Because you can't be the things you're striving towards. It has to be the person you are. You have to change it from I want to be to I am. And that's what James Clear meant by identity, right? Who are you? Not who do you want to be? They were saying something like, you know, uh, someone who says, who just quit smoking and is offered a cigarette and says, oh no, I'm trying to quit versus the person who says, I don't smoke. I don't smoke. Right? It's different. I'm not a smoker. I am a person who does not smoke. Not I'm a person who's trying not to smoke. Yeah. My identity is I'm not, I'm a non-smoker. I'm not a person trying not to smoke. Yeah. Right. Right. And so to the spirit, that was where I was going. The question is, what do I do then? Because it's easier said than done. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to have more interruptions and I'm going to feel tense and stressed and, you know, ah, gosh. And I might even go like, why? I didn't, she wasn't even supposed to be this way in the first place. Mm -hmm. Right. Get frustrated with even the circumstance, let alone my kid. So what do I do? What can you encourage us towards? What can you ask myself alongside all of our listeners to do now with this knowledge? Well, you've got to start acting as if, and you have to do it in many habits, right? So you act as if you are that person, even if you don't feel like you're that person yet, you have to embody that. So you have to act as if you are patient. And by practicing that, with a mini habit that you decide to do that's easy and that still, and that gets you a different, like if you do a different behavior that gets you what you need in a way that makes everybody feel better, you are going to naturally want to continue to do it. That is like the foundation of 
behavior. Like the card, like your fiance in the card, right? mm -hmm. So if he can choose to just pick that up and let the kid, you know, then he just feels better in general, then he can go be more helpful. And at some point, the kids are going to start solving problems themselves. And daddy's just going to come out when he has breaks and see if anybody needs some help. You know, like it takes the whole thing away. So if you can do something little by little, that's easy. And then you either there has to be a naturally positive reward for that. Like if you that would be a natural thing that happens, like you get some peace. You don't have to react right away. You feel better in your skin. You can go be more helpful. That's a natural thing. If what you're doing doesn't feel naturally good and it's taking more effort on your part to control or whatever it is that you need to do to change this little thing that you're doing. Again, don't make big changes at once, but little by little, you know, give yourself some reward for that because, Mm. you know, the reward center in the brain, like spiking your dopamine makes you want to do that more. And then it just gets more embedded in you, you know, so reward yourself with a little something. We talk a lot about as as a great ask and an encouragement towards in in spirit of answering that question, right? What can I do to be? And we really clarified and moved from the question of what kind of parent do I want to be or what parent do I want to be to what parent am I, right? You right. you kind of made that transition. And, but we started with that question, right? Because the question asking the right question is the prompt. It's the way we mm-hmm. catch ourselves and shift out of it. So on the show, we talk, and in coaching, we talk a lot about self-fulfilling prophecies. And so what it sounds, you could correct me if I'm incorrect here, it sounds like you're, the question is there to create a different prophecy, a different prophecy to be fulfilled. And if I can catch myself, be mindful, right, and present enough to realize, oh my gosh, you know, who's the person that's yelling at my kid right now. Like, I don't have any time. Why am I not checking myself? The question is there kind of like the constraints at work or the the consequences at work. We have to create those for ourselves. So the questions there is a means of checking ourselves, checking in with ourselves, right? Ourselves to then make different choices moving forward. In this case, in the example you gave to be more patient in working from home with my kid, who's also, gosh, let's be real honest, made huge sacrifices in support of the health of adults so that everyone can be okay, right? Like, remember, your children are sacrificing as well. And they've done it almost without question. They just did it. And I think we all forget that a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. The little humans. I mean, if we're struggling, what are they doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jana, this was just incredibly valuable. I'm so, so thankful to have had you, just that you made time to, you know, to be on the show. Jana travels around. Obviously, we're not traveling now, but she travels and speaks at conferences all over the country on just these matters, not just for parents and kids, but for other licensed educational professionals who Mm -hmm. are treating and working with students all over the country. So we're just so fortunate to have had this little bit of time with her. Before we let her go, though, we're going to ask her. She didn't know this was going to happen at all. Oh. <laughs> so we're going to have a little fun with Jana and ask her, because this is a show about questions. I don't know if these are the right questions, but they certainly might bring about some fun answers. So you ready, Jana? 
I guess, yeah. We're going to do some quick round robin of questions. So just oh whatever my gosh. comes to mind. Oh, okay. Dogs or cats? Not- dogs. That was easy. Yeah, we gave you the easy one first. All right, so dogs oh. or cats. Yoga or spin? <laughs> if you can't, no, you're listening. So unless you're watching on YouTube, you can't see her face. But it, you might, you might want to see the face she just made. And I'm her brother, so I know a little bit about her. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm asking her some challenging questions there. Yeah, so you said what? Spin. You said spin. Yeah. Yeah. She is. I, I like I said earlier at the start, she is a, a spin instructor. Um, was and she's a was m- was she was a marvelous and very energetic spin instructor. Here's my last question. I won't make it too difficult. If you were a potato, what would you cook yourself into and why? We're a potato. I know she's not going to say potatoes are gratin because she hates cheese. A latka because they (laughs) (laughs) are probably one of my favorite potato dishes <laughs> and they can be enjoyed by Jews and others all over <laughs> the world. Potato luck is wonderful. <laughs> what, I would have never guessed that was your answer. Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. My last question for you is we're going, you're not going to maybe hear the answer to this, but you could tune into to, to the next episode to hear this, but our listeners will hear the answer. So we want to know what is a question you're the first guest we've had on the show. What's a question that we can ask? You would like Bridget and I to ask our next guest who's on the show. You don't know who they're going to be. You don't know what their field of you know study or expertise or thought leader. They don't know where they're coming from or who they are. What's a question you would like us to ask this person? What is something you remember your parent doing? That made you feel good. What's something you remember your parent doing that made you feel really good? Yeah, I added the modifier, mm-hmm. really good. Excellent. Well, we'll be sure to ask our next guest that question. It's a poignant one. I mean, that's a timely question given our discussion mm-hmm. that we just had. I was searching for that. Yes. That word. Yeah. Well, again, Jana, thank you again for your time. You've provided, as I know, your service to others. So you've done just that again in service to our listeners and, and to all the people that they lead and impact in their lives. So your thoughts and ideas and your creative suggestions for all of us, your ask of all of us will go a long way should and when our listeners engage in, in that ask. So please ask yourself the question. Think of those, take some time after this and think of those attributes, those characteristics, those identity, parts of your identity as a leader, as a parent that you want to embody and then take actions that uh, just one small action that can lead you closer to being just that and, and living in alignment with that. Jana, any final thoughts? No, I'm just, I'm really happy to be here and thank you so much. And I know that distance learning is not easy and we're all going through something really similar. And like we discussed a different time, Todd, give yourself some grace you know, yeah. no one was supposed to know how to do this. So that's right. What a great, great final message, Jan. I like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to give myself some grace. And, you know, we encourage you, all of you, give yourself some grace. This wasn't planned, but certainly we're doing okay and we're navigating it. So thanks for being here, Janet. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. As always, make good choices and be good people. We'll see you next time. 
Hey, thanks for listening to the Right Questions podcast. We hope this episode sparked something that fuels your own inquiry and transformation. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. If you want to learn more about the work we do and how it can benefit you, check out our website, SampsonCoachingAndConsulting.com. And connect with me on Instagram at the Bridget Sampson. And you can find me at Todd Parker Official. We'll catch you next week. Until then, dare to ask the right questions.